Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Destiny Geekhood. This is Taylor. And Amanda. So in all of our wonderful nerdiness, we kind of realized that we never really get let y'all get to know us. Yeah, but I'll backtrack before that. The whole point of this little recording is to say we're really freaking sorry. The last few weeks have been absolutely crazy between holidays and work, and I actually got sick, so I'll go ahead and apologize if you guys hear any sniffling or weak sounds of death knocking at the door. But it is also December in Texas, so it's like 20 degrees, so you have you got to give us some slack. Totally. All right, so where should we begin with this, Amanda? Good heavens. I mean, you bring up a good point. We haven't really given anyone a chance to get to know us. We are people. Just let's get that out of the way. We are not weird animatronic dolls or anything. I mean, I always kind of figured it was like the gorillas were just an animated band that occasionally does Coachella shows. Yeah, that would work too. None of that Miku bullshit, though. Well, we know where she stands. So, let's give you guys an opportunity to get to know us. And the best place to start, of course, is at the beginning. So, dramatic Star Wars-like scrolling entrance. (laughs) In a time long, long, long ago. Long, long ago. We're going into, what, year 10 or 11, right? Yeah, uh, wow. Actually, it'll it'll be 11 once the new year starts. Yeah, we've been friends for 11 years. Basically, what y'all need to know is we met in 2004 in high school. We're going way back here. Ooh, good old Lamar High School. Nothing like it. Avoid the theater hallway, though. It doesn't exist. I, no, it does now. It's just also a dance hallway. It, it's confu- Anyways. Avoid it. So, we've known each other since freshman year of high school. And we just, we happen to fall into the same crowd. And ironically, out of all those friends, we're the only two speaking to one moment. True. I mean... It was kind of crazy because in the four years, a lot ended up changing. I ended up moving, changing schools, and I honestly thought we'd never be friends again. And it just so happened that I kept his number in actually an old hope chest. I took a chance, went ahead and called back, and lo and behold, we reconnect around my junior year, well, our junior year of high school. Pretty much from then, we've been pretty much inseparable from that part. And when we mean inseparable, let me tell you that this girl is lives five hours away being a career woman, and we still talk every single day on Facebook, at least. Pretty much. And if it's not every single day on Facebook or text, we start wondering what's wrong with the other. I think I went without internet for a weekend, and she called my mother and asked if I was dead. Certainly did. So that's that's the genesis of everything. Like Amanda said, we've, we've a lot has happened, and we've stuck together throughout the entire thing, which obviously brings us to you guys and this lovely show that we give you. Yeah, it's pretty fantastic, because in that 11 years, we've come to understand one thing. Even though we're friends, at times we could be totally polar opposite. We're definitely both nerds, and we're big into fan and fandom communities, but I definitely went way more Eastern. I'm absolutely more the typical otaku. I'm more into cosplay and anime. Not to say that I don't have deep-seated roots in Western comics, but my heart will always go to anime first, and I'm an avid cosplayer. I love it. I love a lot of... I'm actually still reading a great deal of manga currently, and I remember I was always interesting in high school that I was way more of an otaku and... TJ was always kind of like, what? You're holding that comic book the wrong way. (laughs) In my defense, I was reading a little bit of manga back then, but nowhere near as Amanda was. I actually went more Western with my nerdom. So DC Comics, Marvel Comics, that kind of whole thing. Ironically enough, I actually started with the Eastern like Amanda did because she got me into it. I didn't get into the Western side of it until about 
six or seven years ago. Um, I actually had an ex who was really into it, and this was around the time of Blackest Night. And then let me just say, if you guys have not read Blackest Night, please go out and read it. It is the first large DC crossover that we've had since Crisis on Infinite Earths in the 80s, I believe. Yeah, and moreover, it's one of the more coherent big crossovers, because we've had a ton of them. That's right, Convergence, I'm looking at you. We know you're going to be a clusterfuck. But Blackest Night really was just sort of like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. So a pretty great point to jump in as a fan. Exactly. Plus, it's it's violent. It's You don't know what's about to happen. You don't know who's from, who's filling. It's what got me started, and I say everyone should give it a chance. But I have to admit, and it's kind of a shame to Amanda, I just, the whole anime manga thing just never really stuck with me. I did Full Metal Alchemist, I did Inuyasha, and let's just say me and Amanda are sick of that show. Wait a minute, you don't want to talk about the girl who overcame time and the boy who has just overcome? I had a whole show planned around that. Now she spoiled her next episode. <laughs> Which means it's never going to happen. Exactly. But And Amanda has helped me recently. I've watched, well, okay, watched is the wrong word. I have binged. A lot of great animes recently, including Death Note, Black Butler, and Soul Eater. And let me just say, I think Soul Eater is probably the, my favorite thing I've ever seen, aside from Card Captors and Sailor Moon. That's so sad. I couldn't stand Soul Eater. I really, really enjoyed it. <laughs> it's okay. You really just don't know any better. I still have a few weeks to teach you taste. Ouch. <laughs> but it's kind of crazy. We both do still have roots, though, in Western comics. I gotta say, though, Western comics was always kind of unappealing as a girl in the 90s. Remember, the world was still pretty sexist back then, and a, a girl, especially a young girl, did not walk into a comic book store. Those were boys-only clubs back in those days. Anime at that time was incredibly appealing because no one knew what the hell it was. So there were no gender stigmas in America. Hey! Hey, at the time, you know the 90s was rough. That's true. Hey, but we came out better people for it. Amen to that. So, I, I think during the time when we were in high school is when we had the really big anime pop in America. Because, mm -hmm. yeah, everyone knew about Card Captors and Yu-Gi-Oh! and Sailor Moon, you know, your Saturday morning cartoons. But we didn't know that there was this entirely different subculture out there until about that time when you got Inuyasha, Full Metal Alchemist, Yu Yu Hakusho, that kind of stuff. Uh, golden year of anime started, most people will classically say, from 1999 to about 2005. Funny thing about that is what a lot of people realize were anime we didn't think of back then. I know plenty of people who are like, Pokemon, that's not anime. It's like, no, that's totally an anime. Card Captors was another great example. Sailor Moon was one of those ones that kind of snuck in and people were like, wow, bright, shiny cartoons. I don't understand what anyone's saying. So it was really, really cool. It was always one of those super interesting things, but it's a huge, expansive fandom, and trust me, we have a lot to say about that coming up in the future. Exactly. And of course... Not even just comic books. Obviously, if you guys have been listening to our show, comics is not where it ends with us. Like, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what the best segue here is, and I have to sit, let's let's move away from nerdum for a second and go to something that we're both very passionate about that doesn't have superheroes or anything like that. The, one of our favorite things to do when we were together all the time is every Saturday we would sit down and we would order pizza and watch Deadliest Warrior. Oh my gosh, Deadliest Warrior. You know, I wish Spike would kind of bring that back, because basically it was just a giant fan fiction and a LARP with better actors. I mean, you, if, for those of you unfamiliar, basically, basically Deadliest Warrior started out as two guys saying, you know, hey, I wonder who would win in a fight between a ninja versus a Spartan. The only problem is the two guys having this conversation were both executives at Spike TV and had the time, resources, and money to actually do that. So they did. 
And the first pilot episode was Ninja vs. Spartan, and it was one of the most interesting and decisive battles that they ever had. And they take all these kinds of weapons and historical facts. I'm using air quotes because not all of them are facts. They bring in experts. Again, air quotes. Most of them aren't really experts. And other people in their field. And and a few people that we sh- we're sure that Spike owns a TARDIS. Because I'm sure there are some real Nazis that have shown up on that show. 100% sure the guys they got from, from Voth and SS versus Viet Cong were actually serving during World War II. But... Basically, it's a big testosterone fest. It's who's showing off for whose group. There's a lot of ego on the line, and it's great because another fun fact about TJ and I is we're both huge history and literature people. We're absolutely nerds when it comes to classical literature and into modern literature. We're both big history buffs. Again, because of my otaku background, pretty much if it's in Asia, I know I can talk on it or I know about it. I... I'm still learning the difference between Scotland and Ireland, though I'm getting there slowly and steadily. Yeah, Gerard Butler and John Three Myers are identifiers right now, but that different topic, different story. Totally. But that was always super interesting to spend our weekends doing that. And what's even more interesting is when we were able to bring fandom in it. And let's go ahead and mention that great episode, Vampires vs. Zombies. Which we mentioned in both our zombie and our vampire episode that we personally ourselves did. Yep. And the only reason why we continue to bring it up so much is because Deadliest Warrior decided to play in our background. They brought out two figures from both literature and history. I mean, not that vampires are truly historical but of ver- or zombies, but versions have existed in most forms of, you know, civilization. It pretty much brought it into our playground. And what's crazy is we're both pretty much experts in this, so there were a lot of opinions flying around on which zombie they decided on, which both of us thought was a terrible idea, which vampire they decided on, which we both thought was a terrible idea. Um, The big controversy, spoiler alert, big controversy at the end of that episode was whether a vampire can get the zombie virus. And TJ, how many days did we argue on that? Because I I think we're still fighting over it, aren't we? We are to this day. You know what I think we're going to have to do, Amanda? What are we going to have to do? I think we're going to have to... Treat our little geek codites to uh, an episode with me and you watching Italy's Lace Warrior and a glass of Merlot. I would love that. I just, I feel like I need closure at this point. It's kind of like Inuyasha. I'm not happy with the way it ended, but I just needed to see it go. I needed to watch it go before I did. I need some closure on this issue. I need to know whether a vampire can get the zombie virus that's going to plague me for a while. Huh. And it upsets me that Zombie vs. Vampire was the last episode they ever did, because season three was absolutely terrible compared to the first two. Yeah, it got pretty sketchy. But it was great for us as fans and as nerds, because we got to talk a lot of nonsense, we got to bring in a lot of really, really interesting ideas, and we would basically throw on our little matchups and, you know, basically everything the comic book guys do. You know, Batman and Superman got into a fight, what would happen? Who cares, because we're watching Spartan vs. Ninja. Exactly. Who cares? Stop talking. We need to figure out exactly, you know, how a Spartan uses his shield as an offensive and defensive weapon. So some of, as y'all have noticed with a lot of our shows, we're also very passionate about video games. And even with that, the the thing you've got to realize about Amanda and I is we are basically two peas in a pod. We are both very much, our personalities sync up perfectly. We have a personality that only few understand outside of ourselves. But yet, 
I mean, we agree on some things, but we're opposites as far as just about everything goes. Yeah, interesting thing about me when it comes to just anything kind of video gamey, nerdy, I am an absolute hipster. If the mainstream is doing it, I'm not interested. If it's popular, I'm likely going to diss it and then play in secret and complain the entire time. I'm sorry, it's just kind of how I am. I still have my GameCube and my retro-fitted Wii, Wii version. I still have my DS Lite. I still have my Game Boy Advance and my Game Boy Color. I hissed at the PS Vita. I hissed at the Xbox 360. Not to say that great things haven't come out on it. It just didn't appeal to me. I didn't have time to play Call of Duty during any point of my life. TJ, on the other hand, is definitely more open when it comes to bigger consoles. He's the one that is willing to sort of try out the bigger games. I'm, do you want to talk about how much fun you had with Assassin's Creed? Oh, absolutely. Assassin's Creed is probably my... I'm going to say my top five, because I have to give my top two to Resident Evil and Silent Hill. Uh. But... Assassin's Creed was one of those games of, like, I, unlike Amanda, if somebody suggests a game to me, I'm at least, I'll at least give it the time of day, which is how I got into a lot of the animes that Amanda's told me about. Except for Antique Bakery, but that's a different story. Way different story. But um, Assassin's Creed was given to me, not given to me, but suggested to me by a good friend in California, and I was like, you know what? He talks about it all the time, let me go ahead and give it a try. I absolutely hated the first game. I think everyone hated the first game. And I remember talking... To my friend and him saying, look, don't give up on it. Go, go trade it back in and get Assassin's Creed 2. So I did. And I've loved the series ever since. And ironically, I tend to be that person. I'm kind of like Amanda where Amanda is, if, if it's popular, she doesn't like it. Or if it's an unpopular opinion, she tends to like it. That's kind of how I am. Because ironically, the one assassin that I really lo- loved, actually the two I really loved, which was Connor, the Native American from um, Assassin's Creed 3. And, oh, I'm going to get her name wrong and I am sorry for this, but... Oh, Aveline, who was uh, Liberation, who was the first assassin of female sex and color, who I absolutely love, but everybody hated because she was on the Vita originally. Yeah, one of those interesting things is, as much as I love gaming, I think my biggest issue with gaming that I have is that I just don't have time for it. I'm absolutely the person that I need time, I need to be able to dedicate, I need to sit and be able to really absorb... um, Pokemon Alpha Sapphire is giving me a time and a half right now. Trying to finish Delta episode. I'm determined. But having a job and trying to have a life outside of it, that's been my biggest issue with games. Gotta say, though, high school was probably the grand age of Amanda Gaming, where I famously blitzed Kingdom Hearts 2 in a couple days without a saving cartridge or a memory card, which was awful. All that work for nothing. And then other longer games, I definitely... Probably one of the only places where I didn't go a little more um, Eastern with video games. I was over Final Fantasy. I was kind of over Kingdom Hearts. Pretty much probably bigger ones would be any of, like, the anime video games. Yes, Guilty Pleasure. I did play Gaku and Hitalia. It was a lot of fun. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of face the same problem, which is funny, because I work at a retro video game store. But... I've got a stack knee-high knee to a bee's eye that I have not even touched yet. And my problem is that, and it's the same issue that I have with literature, is I'll start something get deep into it and then I pick up something else. I wish I had that problem. I'm very much, I'm incredibly reactionary. 
I will try something, and if it doesn't capture me in a few minutes, I'm willing to bail. And when I bail, I bail hard. It's, I'm done, I hate it, cast it aside, no second chances, I'm finished. And I'd like to become more forgiving with that kind of stuff, because I feel like I am missing some of the hidden gems, especially if I'm willing to try more anime games. I feel like I'm definitely missing hidden gems when it comes to that, but... It's rough. I'm also definitely... I, per, I way prefer fighting games. I will play, you know, Dead or Alive, or Naruto Clash of Ninja, or, you know, Soul Calibur over a first-person shooter any day. Yeah, my current problem is, is that I cannot seem to pull myself away from Bravely Default, which is starting to irritate a lot of people, including Amanda, because I have barely made a dent in Pokemon yet. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sitting here trying to save the world, and he's still figuring out what a contest is. I haven't made it to contest yet. Oh, wow, I gave you too much credit. Shame on me. So, let's let's just go ahead and take a quick moment and kind of discuss some of our favorite games. Let's not even start with overall, because that's, that's jumping the gun a little bit. What would, would you say is your favorite Nintendo game? Oh, man, favorite Nintendo game. I mean, the same Pokemon cliche... No, I mean, if it's true, it's true. And I'll tell you why. Here's what I loved about Pokemon. One, it was a great thing to do during Texas summers where you weren't allowed to go outside because of ozone days. <laughs> really, really expansive story that kept, especially 10-year-old me, occupied for days. And I loved, especially as you got on, it became something that you could customize. You definitely had a team that you chose, um greatest day of my life was in crystal and you got to be a girl and that was fantastic really didn't have an opinion about you know being a boy up until that point now it's a deal breaker for me it's kind of it's one of those things that it was just it was the start of my video game journey outside of like banjo kazooie and you know sonic for the sega genesis and i'm gonna date myself which saying sega genesis hurt that was that, that was like venom in the back of my throat to think of how long ago Sega Genesis era was. Saying Sega in general just kind of dates you, because it's not really around anymore. Yeah, that, that hurt. But yeah, Pokemon for favorite Nintendo game. So right back at you. What about you? See, I'm torn. Mine is between Animal Crossing and Paper Mario. Oh. Man, I figured Mario was just an understood. I mean, that was like the godfather of all gaming. That should just be like... See, here's the thing. I'm not a big fan of the old Mario games, but I mean, if we're talking like N64, Paper Mario, that was my first real dip into like what an RPG was. I mean, yeah, there's Final Fantasy 7 and 8 when I was a kid, but I was too young to understand what was going on. But then you had Animal Crossing. I mean, I still don't understand what, like, what weird mutated island you're on. I don't think you're ever supposed to understand... And why you're the only human, but, I mean, seriously, th this was Sims before the Sims for kids like us. Oh, man. We, keep, we need to stop dating ourselves. We just said Sims. The Sims is still around. Yeah, but think of when it started. I mean, we might as well just say Train Simulator. Um, Oregon Trail. Hey, hey, dysentery is a serious condition. So, I mean, I don't even think we need to discuss our favorite arcade game, because it's, it's universal for both of us. Ah, uh, House of Dead. House of the Dead, man. But I will say I do have a slightly different favorite arcade game, though. Wait, what? Who are you? What? What? Dance Dance Revolution. You know that. Oh, gag me. Don't judge me. I'm a tiny otaku on the inside. You should know better by now. I'm sorry, especially because DDR is really best on the machines. 
Don't get me wrong, I have the matte versions and I've fallen on my butt more times than I care to admit. You know they make patch for those now. Yeah, I know. I fall. They're slippery. Especially when you're doing, like, double heavy. Yeah, you'll fall and, like, crack your tailbone. That's not exciting. Also, don't play upstairs. It sounds like a military raid. <laughs> Pretty much any arcade that had Para Para or Dance Dance Revolution, you couldn't pull me off those machines because they were such a novelty, especially to American kids and to a little otaku like me where I was like just picking up, like, I know what that word in Japanese meant. I was so excited. I mean, I spent most of my 16th, 17th, and 18th birthday at arcades playing Dance Dance Revolution and, like, having my party guests be like, so is this the party? Is just watching her complete, you know, honey punch? It's like, yeah, that's the party. Yeah, I think it was your 19th birthday that we went to Alley Cats, and I think you spent all your money on that one machine. Oh, my gosh. I don't even want to talk about that. I was so mad, but yeah. No, it was actually your 18th birthday. It was my 18th, but... Because we went and saw Mamma Mia the next day. But all the Dance Dance Revolution. So much Dance Dance Revolution. Though I gotta say, as far as shooting games go, House of Dead was... I mean, I it, it holds a lot of nostalgia for TJ and I, because we would sit and play for way longer than I think is necessary, yelling obscenities at each other, at inanimate objects, at the screen, feverishly shaking guns to reload ammo, trying to find that damn grenade button. The sad thing is, I don't think there was ever anybody on that machine when we went to the arcade. Yeah. We just said arcade, wow. We just dated ourselves. Well, and we'll further date ourselves. This is an arcade in a mall. Oh, did you hear that they're supposedly bringing a new one back? What? It's going to be all import games. What? So you're going to have to visit, make a trip up here again. Well, I am posting my convention schedule pretty soon. I might have to make a few field trips. All right, let's see. So, actually, I'm going to date us really badly. Do you remember the Guitar Hero and band, Rock Band phase? Where everyone thought that they could be a musician? But is that ironic because musicians had the most trouble with that game? What I think is funny are when people say, Oh no, hand me that Les Paul. I played Guitar Hero once. And they're like legitimately like trying to press buttons on a really, really expensive guitar. I loved Guitar Hero. It was incredibly relaxing and it wasn't as loud, like feet wise, as Dance Dance Revolution. But it got old fast. And I think what killed that franchise were all the spinoffs. Like, I think after, you know, DJ Hero is kind of like, no, you can stop now. You can, you can stop. Please stop. <laughs> the sad thing is that I apparently made a comeback at some point. Yeah, well, and it's really, really popular in convention circuits because people will go and play. By people, I mean me after I played Just Dance or Mortal Kombat. So, favorite fighting game? Whew! I mean, I'm really, I'm torn between... Dead or Alive and Soul Calibur because Soul Calibur is really a classic and it really brought out all the best of both worlds with great customization, fantastic story, fantastic voice acting, especially if we're talking like you know Soul Calibur 4 and stuff like that I I really, I can I can play Soul Calibur a lot I still, I still do I'd probably have to say Tekken for me Oh, I burned out on Tekken so fast 
I just, I don't know. Like, I remember playing it as a kid, and then I'm real, like, and then you've got some of the new characters that I'm in love with. But I have to say, Soul Calibur had the best storyline-wise. Yeah, absolutely. And even though, like, everyone's story connected, it wasn't super forced. Like, that was always one of the big issues that I had with Final Fantasy and, like, Kingdom Hearts, is that everyone's storyline had to connect, but it was always crap. Like, no, just because you guys have shared, you know, talking space once doesn't mean that you have to secretly be, like, great-grandparents or something. You can you can talk to someone and then not be totally key or central to the plot. It's cool. No, I, I, I do have a very soft spot for the Injustice Gods Among Us. But granted, they let, me, they let me play as Ollie, and I never get to play as Ollie in any video game. Because why would you want to? Hey, hey, hey. So, favorite game of all time? Man, of all time? Of all time. Let's hear it. I, w- I, w- I want you to throw the gauntlet down. Gauntlet down. Favorite game of all time. Okay, I'm gonna nerd myself. I love Naruto Clash of Ninja 2 because I loved that anime. It's right smack in the part of the game in the series franchise that it had a lot of my favorite characters make appearances and it was one of those rare instances where a video game and an anime were actually best friends. Historically, video games and anime do not get along. Looking at you, uh, looking at you, Bleach and Inuyasha, your games were awful. But Naruto, Clash of Ninja, especially like two and three, right smack in the middle of that franchise, I can play that game excessively, and it's just enough. There's just enough original story for the game. There's just enough content from the series at a time that I really, really loved the series. Got to stay true to my roots. No shame in that, right? No shame at all. For me, it's without question, it's Resident Evil 2. I just... I remember being a kid and growing up on Resident Evil, but I remember Resident Evil 2 being that first one that I ever beat, and being really confused on why there were two discs, because you got each character had their own disc. Yeah. And, I mean, it's just... That's where we get the iconic, the liquor, and all these other creatures, and you get Claire and Leon... And I know everyone's like, oh, you know, Team Leon, Team Jill, Team Chris. I'm sorry. I love Claire from the beginning because Claire is the one person who didn't directly be like, I'm going to take down Umbrella. She's like, I really just want to find my brother. But I really like that one character that's like, y'all go be crazy. I actually have a mission. But and and they just announced that they're re-remaking the GameCube remake of it. That's a lot of remakes in there. That is. Which, if no one's ever played the, if you have not played the GameCube remake, I suggest doing it. It's absolutely beautiful. It's amazing. It's terrifying, and I really keep hoping that they'll do a second one for the second one. Well, we'll only find out if the first one sells. You know how the industry works. Oh, trust me, I'm I'm already in line to buy it. <laughs> so we tend to dwell on video games and comic books because that's the easiest thing possible, nerd wise. But we should, I think, we should dive a little more into other aspects of nerdum that tend to get pushed aside right and i gotta say that's a good way to segue into one of my biggest guilty pleasure things as a nerd have to be like sci-fi things and when i say sci-fi i don't mean traditional like star trek or Battlestar galactica i'm talking like honestly two of my biggest guilty pleasures as a nerd are red dwarf and doctor who <laughs> When she means sci-fi, she means S-Y-F-Y. <laughs> yeah. I definitely don't mean... I mean, and don't get me wrong, I liked Star Trek. Wasn't a foundational thing for me, but I like Star Trek and can acknowledge it. Star Wars, I've been burned too many times. I've 
I, it, it, it's been too long of a road. I'm gonna see the new one, because I'm obligated to. But I'm probably not gonna be happy about it. I mean, you wanna talk about obligated? Who drugged me to go see episode three? Sure did. Who we just dated ourselves again. Yeah, but that's not really dating ourselves. That's just explaining that we both apparently had a poor lapse of judgment, which we did. That was a mistake. Even for someone like me who likes the Star Wars franchise, Episode 3 was a tragic thing that no one liked talking about. But I totally have a guilty spot for Doctor Who. I have to admit, I'm just now getting into the Doctor Who thing, and there are certain things that I like and certain things that I don't. And it's killing everyone that I say this to, but I hate Amy Pond. I've never met someone more annoying than Amy Pond. I mean, I don't like the Ninth Doctor. We're all entitled to our opinions. You don't like anyone before Matt Smith. That's not true. I love the first few. Okay, we're not talking like 60s. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and air my grievance. That's one of my biggest issues with Whovians nowadays. Is most Whovians, nothing exists except for like 9, 10, 11, 12. This series has been going on forever, guys. At least give the first couple seasons a chance. I mean, yeah, the Daleks are totally like children in costumes. They aren't now? Well, no. And the effects are terrible. But so are some of the original Star Wars effects. I mean, you just... For a series that has gone on as long as it has, and for a series that has been as open about its history as it has, it's almost unfair to just look at the more recent seasons and not at least give the older ones a chance. I'm not saying everyone's going to like them. But I grew up on, like, the old Christmas special, so I definitely have a soft spot for them. But at least, you know, know the history of Doctor Who. It's not something that just started a few years ago. I mean, all of you saw Day of the Doctor. It's been around for 50 years. Yeah, it's been going on forever. And again, I totally get when people say, you know what, hey, first couple seasons, not really for me. That's fine. I totally respect that. But it's rough because it's been on for so long and just people don't have a base in it, you know, past really like 9 through 12 is where everyone seems to have a talking point. And it's like, no, there's so much more to the series. <gasps> Off of Soapbox. And then you've got me over here who I just started watching the series and this is after being kicked and pushed and tortured to watch it. Yeah, pretty much. And I'm happy where I am. I'm sure it's, it was great at the beginning. I'd like to go back and watch the episodes with Sarah Jane in it because I loved her when she showed back up again. But I, I'm still burned after the whole Donna Noble thing. I just I haven't gotten over it yet. I mean, your 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 heart will never heal. It will. I mean, honestly, like that's up there with Hughes dying in Full Metal Alchemist. Like your your heart will never fully be okay after that. Just every day gets a little easier. Jeez, why don't you throw some more salt in that wound? I mean, we can talk about Nina if you want. No, let's not teach. Let's not teach our parrot how to say Rose. Or, you mean we can't put a wig on our dog? We're terrible people. <laughs> I have to say, since Amanda's guilty pleasure is like the really bad sci-fi stuff, I have to say mine is has to be horror movies. I absolutely love horror movies. And I kind of, I'm kind of like with Amanda when with her little soapbox is the horror genre has gotten so far away from what it was. Like, I don't like this whole torture porn thing that we've evolved into. Like, Saw, 
uh, hostile and that kind of thing. I want to be scared out of my mind. You know, I, and I love it. If Jamie Lee Curtis was in it in the 80s, I absolutely love it automatically. Yeah. Me and horror is kind of weird because I was re- me when I was when I went through a small horror phase, I was watching a lot of anime. And the way Japanese horror is done in anime is so different. It's just so I have it, it's really it's a really different animal. So I have a very very hard time with western horror. I liked Saw just because it was gritty and edgy, but I agree. When it comes to horror movies, I need some substance there. I need I need psychology, I need thought, and honestly, for me, what I find is, um, the best horror movies don't scare me, they just make me profoundly sad. I, if, if I cry because I, you know, relate to a character, that to me is the mark of a good horror movie. It should have elements of, you know, suspense and fear with it, but I need some character development. I, I need, I need thought going into this. Plus, if the end of a horror movie has you thinking, and I mean, honestly, thinking not just going, what the fuck just happened, like happened in the woods, I think you've got something really good on your hands right there. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I like Silent Hill. I, the Resident Evil movies were okay for the first two, but if it doesn't make you think, or if it doesn't make you wonder, like, where you're going next, to me, it's not good. I mean, t- honestly, my favorite horror slash thriller film of all time is Seven, with, and this is how old we're going to get here, Brad Pitt before Brangelina. Ooh, but I mean, oh man, wow, seven's a lot to unpackage. That's, huh, unpackage. <laughs> What's in the box? Don't, please don't open the box. God, that's, that one was intense. And actually, and TJ knows this about me, the best reaction out of me is the what the fuck moment. That is the best, where I'm just speechless and babbling and incoherent that's usually how you can tell either I really, really loved something or I absolutely hated it. Like, it's it's really, it's a toss-up. You have to kind of wait once, you know, words formulate again. But that just general, quiet, incoherent moment will either express immense joy in what I just saw or a huge tirade of how much I hated what just happened. And when she says babble, it's literally like a whole bunch of high-pitched vowel sounds. Yeah, if you ever Googled what a sloth sounds like, it sounds like that. That may have to be something that we do for everybody. Kind of do like a little riff track, like four-parter of us watching Seven or something like that. That's just a lot of me yelling, don't open the box. I mean, we could... <laughs> you can gif that right now. It's just a lot of... <laughs> it's just a lot of me saying, for the love of God, don't open the box. <laughs> But, I mean, that's the basis of us. We're pretty easygoing. We'll give anything a try once. Obviously, Amanda, if it's popular, she'll avoid it. If it's got a ridiculously popular fandom or ridiculously fandom and period, like Supernatural, Doctor Who, I tend to avoid it. Right. And by avoid, that doesn't mean that we won't humor it. So, again, fun fact about Amanda and anime, I hate Attack on Titan. I'm sorry, guys. I hate Attack on Titan. But I've dabbled in it, so I can talk it. Which makes me look really, really soon did because people are like, oh, so you really like Attack on Titan, but you just don't like admitting it? Like, no, I hate it, but I watched the first five episodes so I can make sure that I hate it, and it's not just I turned off the TV too suddenly. Understand that saying that we're not going to like it doesn't mean that a conversation can't happen. We still love discussion. Just understand that that does bring opinions, which 
everyone is entitled to. You are more than welcome to disagree with me. Again, though, like Oren Ishii, just do so in a respectful manner. Announcement! Oh, man. Guys, we have a huge announcement tonight. I mean, I feel like we kind of have to make it up to you guys because of, you know, all the sickness and plague and stuff. But we have a Facebook. Seriously, this is not just, no, come to Amanda or my Facebook. No, there is an actual Facebook group for Destiny Geek Hood now. And it's looking pretty spiffy. I'm actually pretty happy with it. So, guys... If you are so inclined, we would love for you to like our page and join the conversation. I know I'm looking forward to many, many more conversations with, you know, TJ, who's been, you know, my long-standing friend, and with you guys, because you're all friends as far as I'm concerned. Exactly. I mean, there's so much animosity in the geek, the, in the geek community, which we've di- we discussed in our Gamergate episode. But, I mean, honestly, we're all one big family. Yes, you know, we've all got that one aunt, second cousin's poodle's hairdresser that we don't talk about, but that's not what we're about here. Not at all. This is definitely all about discussion and sharing the finest and Tumblr posts and cat memes that we can dredge up from the internet. And that's exactly what it will be. This is going to be a place for you guys to talk about any topics you want us to discuss to bring up anything that you thought about the last episode, ideas for contests, which we will definitely have some contests coming up. I really feel like we need to. It's also Uh, a great place for our Q&A kind of things. I know we actually have a couple hangouts that we're working on, so we'll probably post a question and start having you guys compile your answers there. That'll make it so much easier to answer you guys. Plus, it'll be a place for Amanda to put, put cat pictures and all the stuff that she finds on BuzzFeed and such. I mean... You can never have enough cat pictures, right? I don't know. Twas it you who set the building ablaze? Twas I that set the house ablaze. And it, also with this Facebook, you guys will start understanding a lot of random things that we say. Yeah. We'll probably actually start compiling a little guide of commonly used memes, phrases, and terminology. Because that's one of the horrible, horrible byproducts of being friends for 11 years. We have a lot of inside jokes, and we can only imagine how wonderfully interesting it must be to you guys who don't understand. So we'll start with one. There's a popular meme that went around Tumblr of um, a person who likes searching um, cats getting rescued from um, fires. And most of them are pretty serene and pretty chill. They all look grateful. But there's just this one cat who looks like Colonel Meow without all the coloring who looks like, you know, he looks like Vengeance. He looks like Vengeance wrapped in fur. And the caption to it is, that's right, twas I that set the house ablaze. And it basically sort of just became synonymous with me, mostly because of the use of twas, because that's how I roll. And it became sort of one of the great stand-ins for pretty much anything that, you know, expresses displeasure, but in a more empowering way than just no or nope or stamp. And it's, and it's, it's kind of crossed genres now. Like, the other day in my iTunes was like, you're going to listen to Frozen. And I was like, no, twas I that set the snowman ablaze. Right. It really has become its own meme, which, I mean, as fans, we have so many of them. We have so many jokes and inside meme things that are actually pretty damn hilarious, which you guys send them our way. I think they're great. Exactly. So just hit up on Facebook, which we know all of you are sitting there on there anyways listening to us. Yeah. And in your little search bar, just hit 
type in Destiny Geek Hood. Geek Hood is one word. Destiny is a separate word. And you will see our profile picture, which is the Hogwarts, our version of the Hogwarts House Crest of Geekdom. Yep. So I really, really look forward to all the conversations, guys. And we definitely have some more stuff planned before the end of the year. There's a lot going on. We have so much to talk about. I mean, we have Suicide Squad that we have to talk about. We have at least for sure a cosplay hangout probably coming up in the next couple weeks. If I can get back on schedule. There's a lot. Also look for some good solo stuff. And if there's anything that you guys want us to cover or just have a question, feel free to shoot it our way. And that might be something that, you know, we cover in a quick, you know, solo or we just chat with you guys directly. Definitely. And I mean, it'd be great for if you all send in our question, your questions because there may be a day that we don't know what to talk about. So we'll just do a little Q&A episode. Yeah, those will definitely be fun. And I'm absolutely looking forward to those. But we do have to leave some mystery to our friends and fans that are getting ready to look. So our page is up and live. I look forward to all of you guys checking it out and starting the great war of comments and discussion. And there's going to be some good things ahead. Yes. 20 points to whoever posts the best reaction GIF to anything we say. Really? Are we already going to start the GIF versus GIF war? Another episode, another time, sweetheart. (laughs) Well, since it sounds like our curtain's being pulled, have a great night, everyone, and thank you so much for being so patient and understanding. We promise we'll get better. This is Taylor. And this is Amanda. Have a great evening. (laughs)